Welcome to Wise Health for Women Radio with Linda Prater. Women are pressed daily to give more, learn more, and be more, often at the expense of mind, body, or spirit. Each week with intriguing guests and topics, we'll bring you fresh ways to view your limited time, encouraging a shift to new, healthier perspectives. Wise Health for Women Radio, helping women thrive. And now here's your host, Linda Prater. Welcome. We are so glad to have you. I'm Linda Crater, and we have a wonderful show for you today on a topic that I, I think it plagues all of us from time to time in a good way and sometimes in a not so great way. And we're going to be talking today about body image. And I think everybody in the world, including all those supermodels, have gone through moments where they just weren't pleased with their legs, their arms, their, you know, whatever it may be. And we often wonder at them, thinking, goodness, you're practically perfect. We'd pay to look that way. But our body image has a lot to do with our self-confidence, our awareness, and how we address and feel about ourselves. So I am so pleased to welcome back to our show, Kamei Caldwell. She is just an amazing woman who has been catapulted into the spotlight most recently with Uh, appearances on Rachel Ray, and I'll let her tell you about the others. And we are going to talk today about body image and having a good relationship with your body and your inner self. So, Kamei, I am so pleased to welcome you back to Wise Health Women Radio. Hooray, Linda. I'm so happy to be back. What a lovely introduction. Thank you. You're so welcome. I figured I'd let you toot your own horn on some of the things (laughs) because I'm not certain about timing, so I didn't want to you know, not do something right with regard to timing, but talk a little bit about, so that people know your backstory a little bit, what you do, how you came to do it, and why indeed people are putting you on Rachel Ray. And then let's go into this body image topic, which is so needed in our culture today, I think, and will really help everyone. Yeah, I'm happy to. And actually how I got started in what I do now is really tied to body image. Mm-hmm. So um, I am currently a bra fitter and a coach. And I also um, partner with a lot of really awesome lingerie brands to share um, their products on air or um, on my own website. And I have a website called Hooray Kine with lots of resources to say Hooray Inside, Outside, and Underneath. So Which I, I love got- that. Oh, thank you so much. <laughs> it's really welcome. a whole approach to you know, um, saying hooray for me just means like really having a happy, awesome life. So a, a really whole body approach to it. So I got started in this when I was um, just 19 years old. I was about to turn 20 back in 2005. This feels like forever ago now. Um, and I and I just, I needed a, a job in college. I was financially independent and really broke. And this place was hiring down in Soho in Manhattan. And it was a bra fitting shop. And I was just happy to have a job. I had no idea where it would lead. And at the time, I was a musical theater student. So lots and lots of um, my self-image all had to do with how other people perceived me. In auditions, it was all about how I looked or so I thought. And um, and so I just had a really negative body image. I didn't like the way I looked. I thought I didn't look like all the supermodels or, or the movie stars that I was aspiring to look like. And I was a very healthy, able-bodied, beautiful 20-year-old just totally telling myself a different story. So when I started as a bra fitter, the first thing that really struck me was that I was seeing real bodies, not what was in a magazine, not the airbrush perfection or the false 
adulthood that we were all kind of being sold. Mm -hmm. And I, I was helping every kind of woman. I was helping supermodels. I was helping um, moms of four, pregnant women, women after cancer, older women, young women. I mean, you name it. And I just had this reality check of what a real body looks like and just how fortunate I was to have such a healthy, able body. That was number one. And then number two, every single woman that came in there, and I mean every single one, even the supermodels, they would look into that mirror in the bra fitting room with me and just have something negative to say to themselves in that mirror. And I couldn't believe it because I didn't see those things about them. I didn't, I didn't see what they were even talking about. And I realized, oh gosh, that's what I'm saying to myself in the mirror. And clearly it's all just a waste of time. So I started my own journey um, with my starting with my body, but really it became more of like my inner self and, and just a relationship with myself. I'm just talking to myself in a better way. And now I help other people do the same. Um, a bra fitting, it just happens to be one of my favorite tools to do that. But, um, but yeah, I just, it's so important and necessary for us to kind of start loving ourselves so that we can then love other people. You said that so beautifully, and I think it is absolutely true. I think that you you see it in certain people. You can just see how they carry themselves, mm -hmm. and they're not perfect, but they look so inviting, so accessible, so yeah. happy, so contented. They're lit from within. Yes, and exactly. It's just a look, and we all recognize what that looks like. And I think it's enlightening. And I, whenever we see people like that, at least I do, I... I think, oh, she's owning it and she's beautiful. Yeah. And so I, I use the mantra, own it, to myself just because mm. it's a reminder. After doing a lot of these shows, many, many topics border on the fact that women often have negative self-talk. Mm -hmm. And that affects so much of what we do, if not everything. And so I loved the way that you found profiting to open your eyes to the fact that we we have these healthy, wonderful, functioning, competent, amazing bodies, and they're individuals. Mm -hmm. They can they can look just like what they look like, but it's it's matching people up inside, outside, and underneath as, <laughs> is what you said. Yeah. And so address that whole self concept because I think we tend and in this society, you know, appearance is so important, especially for women and especially yeah. women over forty. Totally get this. And like, you know, I want to go back to, to what you said about how you're lit from within and mm -hmm. how it affects our confidence, right? Yes. It's not that the person you're seeing is so self-confident that she thinks that she's better than you or that she thinks mm -hmm. she's amazing. It's that she really has this relationship with herself from the inside out that catapults her into this next realm, right? It really seems, mm -hmm. it kind of sometimes feels like the people that like have that confidence you know, just must be other, but it's really just that they started from, from the inside out instead of the outside in. So, um, which is hard about, to do. It's challenging well, and, it's and, not, and sometimes daunting for some people. Well, and here's the thing. It's not hard. It is uncomfortable There you because go. when you start from the inside, you have to sometimes go through some mud. Mm -hmm. And I actually talk about this with my coaching clients a lot that like, you know, um, I, I say like we have to really prepare to get into a Jeep or something mm -hmm. to go through the mud because you have to go through that mud in order to get to the other side. And sometimes that mud looks like admitting the first thing is admitting that I'm having, you know, these negative conversations with myself. I didn't even realize it. I had no clue until I slowed down and started listening to what I was saying to myself, started just taking notice of the conversation I was having within my head, within myself, within my soul. 
And that first thing I noticed was, gosh, I'm not really nice to myself. That right there is muddy. And it's really tempting to go, I don't want to deal with this. This is, this is, this is uncomfortable mm-hmm. uh, to admit this to myself and just walk away and start, you know, continue living from the outside in. So I really encourage everyone who's listening that if you do recognize, gosh, I'm having negative self-talk or I'm not really my biggest fan, um, just to have so much compassion for yourself and to lose the judgment over, gosh, I must be such a horrible person that I talk to myself this way. That's not helpful, right? Mm -mm. Like you're just in the mud and you just have to go through that mud in order to get to the other side. But the good news is mud washes off. Totally. Oh my gosh, exactly. (laughs) So, and you know, when I talk to my, my clients about this too, we talk about great, we just got muddy together, right? Sometimes in our sessions, Mm -hmm. we get real muddy. And I'm like, now we need to clean off. And Mm -hmm. usually cleaning off processes look like compassionate Mm self-forgiveness or self-care. It's a lot of self-care practices. Self-care is very trendy right now. People talk about it all the time. Mm -hmm. Those body image, right? These are kind of trendy things that you're seeing in more articles and stuff. But beyond the trend, it's really like a collective self-conscious that's that's raising up to go, gosh, we need this. It's mm-hmm. not just something nice to have. It's It wouldn't just be like, you know, good for like the 1%. This is something we all desperately need right now in order to function in such a more powerful, loving way in the world. So self-care is definitely part of washing off that mud, for sure. It, But it's a lovely way to put it because it, it, it does allow you to see that the mud is temporary. It can be removed, mm-hmm. but, but that it isn't always pretty to go through that process. And I, I think that many things in life aren't pretty to go through that process. But if you care enough about yourself to be authentic and to be healthy and, and to have that glow from within or at least strive for it, self-care <laughs> Two years ago, you would have gotten eye rolls about self-care. People yeah. were so caught in their busyness. You know, there was a, a real priority on who was busier than whom. Yep. And that was sort of a, a, a fad, a trend as well. And now, as you say, it's shifted over to self-care, but I'm not certain that people really know what self-care means. Most people will think, okay, that's yoga, that's mindfulness, that's mm-hmm. breathing. Mm-hmm. But self-care as you've told us on our previous show, can be having nice lingerie underneath your jeans that only you know about. And that really struck me at the time because I think there are some things that we can do for ourselves that we don't have to shout it out. It's just to ourselves. And that's true self-care. I totally agree. You know, it's a, it's a nice lotion. It's, I I can make up another million examples. Same. (laughs) Yeah. But the, why do you think this is a trend now as opposed to really a shift of the pendulum? Yep. Because I don't think it's a shift of the pendulum as much as it is a trend at the moment. Yeah, I think it is a shift of the pen- pendulum. I think oh, it's the trend actually. So okay. really, and we can go into this you know, deeper in a minute, but really what, how we've been functioning and how we've been defining success has been a very masculine energy. We mm-hmm. both have masculine and feminine energy, every, like men and women, everybody. But that masculine energy is about the next level of success, the striving, the busyness, the what, let's get it done, right? Yes. And feminine energy is about cycles and rhythms and let's be busy for a little bit and let's have some time of rest, let's recharge. Mm-hmm. And so that kind of energy is really changing our whole world right now and a lot more people are tapping into it so that's why I don't think it's just a trend I think it's going to stick around I'm relieved to hear you say that because (laughs) I describe it as um, seasons Mm 
that we go through seasons where we are seeing things shift. And it's, it's really nice. It's not probably a linear progression. It's a move forward to suspect, but keep totally. going. And yeah. that's okay. Life is a flow. And it gets very interesting when it's that way. So we have to go on a short break. I apologize. We will keep on talking to Kamei Caldwell <laughs> about her Ray Kamei and how body image really comes from within. We'll be back after these messages. We're Wise Health for Women Radio, and we'll return after these short messages. It's the Fitness Minute with fitness expert, Annette Hammond. Did you know that the average teenager drinks twice as much soda as milk? Since 1983, sugar consumption in the U.S. is up 28%. Why is that? There are several reasons, but one of the most common is soft drinks. 20-ounce beverages have become the norm, and it's not surprising to find that 43% of our sugar comes from drinks. Sugar is blamed for poor nutritional diets. USDA data shows that people whose diets are high in added sugar eat less calcium, fiber, iron, protein, and many other important nutrients. Fat-free foods are also a culprit. Since sugar is fat-free, many people tend to think it's okay to eat as much as they want. Remember that just because a food is fat-free does not mean that it's calorie-free also. For the Fitness Minute, I'm Annette Hammond. It's the Fitness Minute with fitness expert Annette Hammond. One of the best ways to prevent injuries while exercising is by warming up first. Most of us are in a hurry, and it can be tempting to skip your warm-up and get right into your workout. But don't do it. Warming up is vital and necessary. Taking 5 to 10 minutes to get your body prepared for a good workout is well worth it. If you're going for a run or a brisk walk, walk slowly first and increase your speed so that your heart rate is rising. Even if you're doing a weight workout only, it's important to warm up for at least 5 minutes on the treadmill or just by walking around. Warming up gets the blood flowing to your muscles, heart, and joints and prepares them for a good workout. Mentally, it gets you focused on what is ahead, whether it is running, biking, lifting weights, or, or another mode of exercise. So don't skip your warm-up. It's an essential part of every workout. For the Fitness Minute, I'm Annette Hammond. Welcome back. We're talking with Kimay Caldwell today about body image, such an important concept and one that really reflects everything about us. Before the break, you were talking about masculine and feminine energy, and I mentioned that it's seasons that we seem to go through, etc. Talk more about that and conclude that before we go into the, the next point. Yeah, you got it. So, you know, I, I actually remember my coach, I have a really great coach that I work with, pointing out that I... Um, was very masculine. And I actually got upset with her. I was like, what? I'm one of the most like feminine women I know. And she was like, whoa, right there. She was like, no, your drive and your ambition is a very masculine energy. She's, She's like, there's right. many feminine things about you, but like that forward motion is very masculine. And it just opened up a whole new world for me to even understand what she was talking about and what that meant. Mm-hmm. And so as I started exploring it, you know, our, I realized for many years, and I mean hundreds and hundreds, if not thousands of years, <laughs> our society has really been set up 
um, for that masculine energy as like the bar for success. That's how our corporations are set up. It's how our families are set up. It's just how, you know, things have been. We can get into a whole feminist dialogue about why, but that's just, that's just agree that that's sort of, you know, how things have been going. Mm -hmm. And so when we come in as, as powerful women into that space, in order for us to succeed, we've really had to adapt to that masculine energy. And while there's nothing wrong with it, if it's only masculine energy, we can get burnt out. We can run ourselves into a wall. We can, you know, work those 60 hours a week, the next thing, the next thing, push, 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 push with no give back. Mm-hmm. And we're just not built as, as women, but as people in general to function in that way. And so there's been a lot of different um, people who have, you know, talked about this in this particular time in history and have kind of predicted this. But even if you even if you don't pay attention to those and just kind of take a look at what's happening in our real current events, um, there is a rising of womanhood and feminine energy and that divine feminine energy that's saying, listen, what we've been doing isn't working any any longer. We need to shift this. And both men and women are participating in the shift of um, the cycles and the seasons and the Mm-hmm. So the self-care. Self-care is like a real feminine trait. It's not that men don't take care of themselves. It's that there's an aspect to the inner self and intuition and mm-hmm. the, the less, you know, tangible things about ourselves that, again, from the inside out, we're, we're nurturing instead. And it's making a giant difference in how, how we function in the world. So I couldn't agree more. And, and yet I think as women, we are at an advantage to having a lot of that feminine energy along with the ambition and the driving masculine energy. Because I think that I love the way that men and women do communicate differently. And it's, it's interesting to watch as the times have gone by because the, the, it's sometimes those soft skills that actually allow you to better engage and understand others, oh, whether they're male, sure. female, or in between. And it really sure. makes a difference. Yes. So let's talk about the concept that you brought up right from the very beginning that's pretty much your mantra, mm-hmm. which is addressing your whole self from the inside, which we talked about in the first segment, the outside and the underneath. Because I think it's a very interesting concept and rather unique to your brand, but I think it makes such sense. And I love things that are logical, interesting, as well as unique. Right. Thanks. That's so kind of you. You're welcome. Um, Yeah. So my whole concept here, um, like I said, is to say hooray inside, outside, and underneath. Mm -hmm. And by inside, I mean what we're actually putting into our bodies. So nutrition and, and actual, you know, food, but then also what's happening within us. That concept can be a little vague, but Um, really what I mean is our soul, our heart, our mind, kind of our inner workings that makes us not just a physical form on this planet, but an actual being, a human being, right? Yes. Um, We're not a human doing, as people have said. We're a human being, right? Yeah. And really marrying the inside and the outside self is so important. I actually personally have conversations with myself. So like I said, the way we talk to ourselves, sometimes it's just that voice running in your head. But I literally, and I just had this conversation with a client of mine. She was like, what do you mean talk to yourself? And I said, great, let's practice. And I said, I literally sometimes say, self, what do you need right now? Mm-hmm. What do you, what do you, you know, what do you need? And really it's like your authentic self. Sometimes it, it can come in the form of meditation or prayer, but it's really talking to that inner knowing inside of you. And sometimes self will tell me something that I did not 
you know, wasn't planning on doing, like, listen, I need to rest right now. Or like, you know what I really need? Some forgiveness because you are being really hard on me right now. You are Mm -hmm. judging the poop out of us. So, um, so that's, that's what I mean by the inside, the outside. I mean, um, not just your outside appearance, which is definitely a part of saying hooray. I love wearing fun colors and makeup Mm -hmm. and cool glasses and doing my hair. I'm getting my hair cut on Friday. I'm so excited. Right. It's great. (laughs) Also like how we relate to the outside world. So our relationships, our environment, our job, that's really part of us too. And then underneath, meaning underneath our clothes. So our body, our physical bodies. And um, of course, for me, that includes undergarments, of course. course. (laughs) Beautiful ones, comfortable ones. Yeah. Fits well and feels great. That's the whole thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I think you can't have one without the other in order to say hooray. And a lot of our attention happens to focus on the outside part because that's what other people see. That's how we feel like we can define success. That's how we can um, prove to other people that we're successful. And sometimes that's just so less important than what's going on inside. Actually, it's almost always more important than what's going on inside. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And um, having that, and I'm using the word success, but I really mean like that hooray, that happiness, that contentment, that peace, whatever word it is for you mm-hmm. on the inside first is always the best place to start. It will bleed out. It will come out and you, it, you will see it on the outside of you if you start from the inside, I promise. I love that you say you talk to yourself. I, I do the same. Yes. And, I, and I think we are often our harshest critics. And, and yet when we do shift and are aware enough to realize that we're talking this way and shift and talk to ourselves, I, I mean, I literally will say, well, why are you saving that? For what? Mm-hmm. Someday is not a day of the week. Another practice that um, we've started is, is I have a, a close group of friends, and we promise that if we hear each other saying something negative about ourselves, it's, it's like, no, stop. That's not mm-hmm. who you are, and that you, you just negative self-talk. Because sometimes you don't recognize it because it's so ingrained yep. in you. Totally. And you, want it, you think you're being humble, but you're yeah. really not. Yeah. And that's yeah. an easy label to put on top of it is, oh, you know, I'm, I'm just being humble. I'm, I'm being modest. Uh, no, you're being mean to yourself. Yep. And, and that is very insidious. Yeah. And it, and it adds up. It's, it's it, sort of like the coatings, but it's not like an oyster and it becomes a pearl. No, yeah. that irritant just stays there. And so I, also- I think. That's interesting. Go ahead. Yeah, it's not, sorry. It, I just love what you're saying because it's also not only is it not humble, really, mm-hmm. it's not helpful. Because, not at I mean, all. To, I mean, to yourself and to others. Because right. here's the thing, right? In order for us to show up in the world and make a difference or just be good people and inspire goodness in other people, we have to love ourselves first. We are literally only capable of loving other people as much as we love ourselves. That's just the truth. Amen. It's like we almost have like a tank of love within us that we have to fuel up and fill up. And you can go to outside sources for it, right? You can go ask this person, do I look pretty? Or you can go, you know, have a relationship with that guy and have him tell you, great. But that is like junk food fuel. And the good stuff, the like really good fuel to like fuel up your own tank all comes from within. So if you can fuel up on that good stuff and that really good nutritious love, um, it's just, you're just so much more prepared to be a loving sister or mother or lover or fellow passenger on the subway. <laughs> like it is just, yes. it's just so much 
easier to access that that love when you don't have judgment of yourself. It's so much easier to, you know, have a loving conversation, a difficult loving conversation with your parent if you've already had a loving conversation with yourself and you can stand firmly in, okay, you know what? I'm coming from a place of love in this. I know that I'm loved no matter what happens here. Um, and I'm, I'm prepared to have this in a loving way. Like, whew, so necessary. So like, necessary like, and, and so important. But again, back to the busyness, I think people don't give themselves the time. And it's not a luxury. It's actually a necessity. Yeah. I, I, I woke up one morning and it, it, I don't know why this came to me. And I just made a list of what makes me happy. And I eventually made it as a video for my caregivers. As you know, I, I work veterancaregiver.com. So a lot of people taking care of some very seriously ill people. And my list, I encourage them to make a list, but my list contains nothing that cost a penny. Nothing. Yeah, exactly. It was all feelings and sensations and yeah. things that you could do yourself. And I, I think that self-care, even as simple as making a list of recognizing what makes you happy so you can tap into it yep, when the fuel tank is start. low, yes. it's a start. And it's, it sounds, again, you know, it sounds logical. But we well, aren't always logical beings nor make the time no, for ourselves. absolutely not. Also, when I started on this journey, I did not know what made me happy. I did not know what I desired. I had never actually asked myself, what do you love? What do you want to do? And I was just really operating on the, this is what I need to get done. This okay. is what's expected of me. So I had to learn, what do I even like? What do I like to do? Also, Gabby Bernstein talks about busyness as like a drug and really us being addicted to being busy. The dr My drug of drug of choice throughout my 20s was being busy and it numbed me from having to ask myself am I really happy what do I really want um do I like being with this person um mm -hmm. do is this work actually fulfilling it was totally used as a numbing and like I said once I actually slowed down was when I could really start having those conversations with myself about what I like what I want what I'm doing that's working what I'm doing that's not and just really being honest with myself. I couldn't do that until I slowed down. That was such a key ingredient to this whole process. I agree with you. And I think you'll find as you get older, it, it gets even increasingly easy to figure that out. Because Amazing. I think when we're younger, <laughs> no, it's, it's good news. Um, when we're younger, I think we're still operating on a lot of other people's expectations. Oh, yeah. A hundred percent. Yes. Yeah. For me, it was school. It was job. It was my boyfriend. It was never me. It was never about what I actually wanted. So I'm actually anticipating this becoming a little bit tricky once, you know, my husband and I have been together for many years. So once we um, eventually have children, once we hope to be blessed with, um, that I have someone else's priorities as well. So we'll see. <laughs> you, that will sure. happen naturally. Trust me on that. Yeah, um, suddenly <laughs> these, these little people take over your life and I, I wouldn't have missed it for the world. We are coming up on another break. Our time is moving very, very quickly. And I think that what we're talking about is compassion to ourselves and mm -hmm. these seasons. And I love the concept and thank you for explaining the inside, outside and underneath. We will take a short break and we will continue our conversation with Kamei Caldwell about body image and really learning what makes you happy. We'll be right back. We're Wise Health for Women Radio and we'll return after these short messages.
Did you ever wonder how reindeer survive the severe cold? Well, they snuzzle around for some moss to eat. Moss contains a special chemical that helps keep their body fluids warm. And they're going to have to keep warm if they're going to pull Santa's sleigh every year. Santa's sleigh was originally called a wing doodle. Both male and female reindeer grow antlers, but male reindeer drop their antlers at the beginning of winter. I can't help but wonder why Santa's reindeer from Rudolph to Blitzen had male names. Since they had antlers, they would have had to be female. We women should have known only females would be able to drag a hefty man outfitted in a red velvet suit, originally called a Hoopin' Daddy, all around the world in one night and not get lost. It's marching I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words you never heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words. It's the Fitness Minute with fitness expert, Annette Hammond. Pediatrics published a study that said by following three easy, healthy habits, we can lower the risk of childhood obesity. Implementing three family habits, eating dinner together, making sure kids get enough sleep, and limiting TV can help. The combination of these three habits is associated with a lower risk of obesity in children. According to a new study, the study found that children who ate dinner with their families more than five times a week, slept for at least 10.5 hours a night, and watched less than two hours of TV a day, were 40% less likely to be obese than children who did none of those things. Keeping kids active and moving along with these habits will keep the weight off and the energy going. I'm Annette Hammond. If you're a fan of Fitness Minute, like us on Facebook at Fitness Minute with Annette Hammond. Welcome back. We're continuing our discussion with Kamei Caldwell. And Kamei recently has had two appearances on the Rachel Ray Show, helping women with their their inside, outside, and underneath by her bra-fitting expertise. And I'd love it if you'd talk a little bit about that. Yeah, thank you. I've been really, really fortunate this year um, to show up in really big ways. And, you know, part of that journey actually started with some inside work myself. I was really felt called to show up um, on TV. And I know it sounds like, oh, poor you, but like, I, and like, I love it. But I actually was doing a lot of behind the scenes work for, for companies for a while. And um, what if I was really being honest with myself and if I really was honoring what I was hearing, you know, when I was having these conversations with myself, it was, you need to partner publicly. You need to go out there and be seen and heard and share this in much bigger ways. I did not know it was going to end up being the Rachel Ray show eventually. But, um, <laughs> not once, but twice. Yeah, right. twice in six months. Um, but that was something that um, that was just literally me surrendering to like a divine plan and saying, okay, I hear you. I'll do my best. I'll show up fully. Tell me what to do. And so both times they came to me and um, uh it was it was such a, a unique experience, um, but I love I love doing bra makeovers is really popular for television shows. So I love doing those and really getting to help those women. But more importantly, I really like to be able to give this basic, nourishing information to like millions of people at once. Right, and there's only so much that you can do in a short segment, right? Like we're not going into the deepest depths, and quite frankly, 
daytime television probably isn't going to let me have as deep of a conversation as you and I are having right now about right, like right. meditation well, they're different and things mediums. like that. They're different totally. mediums. But, I, but I if, I can meet, if I can like meet them where they are, if I right. can help bridge that gap between, oh, I understand. Oh, I had no idea about this bra fitting. And interesting, this is a good way for me to take care of myself and then bring them into my world but where we can go deeper than I have won. Then, you know, my, my purpose has been served. And it was beautifully done. I encourage you to go to the hoorayKamei.com web, website because the clips are there. And when you look at the women's faces, when they come in and they're photographed prior in an ill-fitting bra, or maybe they're just uncomfortable. And mm-hmm. then after Kamei has talked with them, consulted with them, and put them in something that makes them feel like a million dollars and yeah. proud of that. They're standing differently. It's that lit from within thing. Yes. And it really was very, I mean, I'll give you the example about the the woman who came in with the 36A, I think she was, and you mm-hmm. put her in a 32 double D. Yes. And I'm sure that people were like I was when I first watched. And then I, I really started to understand it because you explained it. <laughs> and I, it's not as mysterious as it appears to be, although they don't make it easy for us to, uh, <laughs> to, yeah. to, well, to find things easily. They don't. Yeah. You know, bra fitting and sizing is, is definitely complicated. However, it's sort of to me like, and I think I've used this, this example on your show before, maybe, I don't know, but um, it's sort of to me is like, going to a lawyer or a dentist, right? Like, I'm not going to know everything about law. I'm not going to know everything about dentistry, but I should know the basics of how to care for myself and mm-hmm. have know enough information so I can make informed decisions going forward, right? right? I need to know the basic laws that I should be abiding by on a regular basis. I need to know how to take care of my teeth, you know, um, so that I'm not getting cavities. And it's the same thing with your bras. You don't need to know everything, but I love giving people the basics. So the person that you're talking about, her name is Vanessa, and she's lovely. And she and I, you know, met on the show, and uh, she brought all these old bras in with her, and she had this story in her mind, which actually this this is totally perfect um, for us to talk about more than my numbers in a second because she was really defining herself by that bra size. Mm-hmm. And she admitted to me that, an old boyfriend of hers had told her that she had small breasts and in her mind, that was very, a very negative thing. And so she always told herself the story. I have small breasts. They're, they're not beautiful. They're petite They're whatever. And so she was wearing the size that she thought a fit, but also that matched her story. She was telling herself. Right. So mm-hmm. she was wearing a 36 a. So when we tried all these on, she was very uncomfortable. They were falling away from her. They weren't fitting well. Well, I measured her and I was like, girl <laughs> not even close so she was really two band sizes smaller was the best fit for her in the band and the band is always the most important part of the bra mm-hmm. and because we were changing that band size already the a cup in a 36 is going to be a b cup in a 34 and a c cup in a 32 just to remain equivalent in cup volume right mm-hmm. so already we were going to end up changing her size but she was also wearing two cup sizes too small so we went to a 32 double d from that 36A, and she was flabbergasted. Now, I didn't change her body. I didn't change the size of her breasts. Mm-hmm. I put her into a bra that fit well and it had a different number on the tag. And she suddenly had a new story about herself. And she could not believe it. She actually, I said, do you mind if I tell people on air the size that you were wearing the size that you're wearing now? And she said, yes, and I hope my ex-boyfriend is listening. <laughs> Because I think, you know, the we have this perception is. of what a double D cup looks like. Mind you, right. that's my size too. And I don't think that I have 
big, a big bust, you know, it's all relative to the band size anyway, but it's really, you know, we're busting, I'm hoping that we're busting through those stories of what we're telling ourselves based on a number and, um, and, and really seeing ourselves right for who we are. More than my numbers. Exactly. Project. Yeah. Because I think that, that, that what you just explained, and, and I'm glad you did, and that's why I brought it up, is because I think that, again, we're measuring up to other people's expectations mm-hmm. instead of reality. So when the facts don't match, then comes fear and anxiety. And okay. so it, it doesn't serve us well. Yeah, and in this case, you know, Vanessa was actually very pleased to have this new story to tell herself, but it was still just a story. Right. Like it's you have to remember, like that size, either one is not actually who she is. So what we're referring to is my project. It's my heart and soul that I've been doing all throughout 2017 and hopefully will continue into 2018, which is called More Than My Numbers. And More Than My Numbers really refers to any number, really like age, weight, salary, number of children, number of jobs, um, lab test results, grades, all of those things. Right. Mm -hmm. It's not really who we are. If I just put n- all your numbers next to you, Linda, it wouldn't actually give me the, the, the full story of who you are. But if I put words next to you who are really you to the core, and this is what I mean, like you on the inside mm-hmm. as like a generous person, um, a wonderful uh, partner, a, um, a, gener- you know, a, a great friend or whatever it is, right? Like mm-hmm. that's really who you are to the core. So I realized that people were doing this with with bra sizes. And quite frankly, lots of people were afraid to take their bra measurements to even calculate their bra size or go for a bra fitting because they were very afraid of the number that was going to come back at them because that number held a story and it it somehow defined them. And unfortunately, a lot of the definitions and stories people were telling themselves were actually um, negative. Mm -hmm. As I said, a lot of people said negative things in that mirror. So for example, if you were an A cup, you were boring or not sexy or plain. If you were a B or C cup, you were average, middle of the road, okay. If you were a D or a double D, you were busty, you were sexy. If you were above a double D, you were sloppy, you were oversexed. Mm. You know, some women would tell themselves, oh my gosh, does that mean I'm a slut now? I mean, really, this is like, wow. What people, yeah. We that have strong such, of a comment? Absolutely. I mean, I could see it in there. I've had women, with, you know, I, I fit them into a bra and told them that the best size for them that day was a 32G. And she burst into tears because that did not match the story she was telling herself because the story that she was telling herself was that a person that was a 32 G is too much, too outside the box. She's not normal. She's a freak. And, um, I had to have a really loving conversation with her in the fitting room to say, listen, this is just the size on the tag. This fits you well. Don't you see how great you can stand up tall now? Like, you know, did you know that F and G are the two most popular cup sizes that I fit on people all day long? You know, like really like reframe that story for her. Um, so the whole point of more than my numbers is to start with bra sizes. There's mm-hmm. so many numbers that we can make peace with or use as information, not a definition, because you can't ignore them either, right? Like it's important for no, me. They're, they're facts. Yeah. In many ways. You, you know, know, lab results are facts. Yeah. Your age, your finances. Weight, it, age, those are facts. Right. Yeah. But it's not really who I am. So mm-hmm. using a bra size is information so you can make an informed, loving decision about what to purchase and wear on your body rather than just either guess or ignore um, is, is kind of the starting point for me in that whole journey for people. So everybody in that project um, shares their bra measurements, including myself and the bra size that happens to fit them best that day, along with a story that maybe had defined them or held them back or defined, you know, um, 
you know, given them, box them in really is the, is the, the word that a lot of people used in the past and where they are on that journey now of using it as information, not a definition. And we what have people talking. What changes did you see? I'm sorry, can you say that again? What changes did you see? So the the women that are in this are remarkable. <laughs> they're real. <laughs> they're, they're, you know, by, there's a woman who's struggling with anorexia, another who um, ignored her her numbers so much on her on the scale that she became overweight and unhealthy. Another person who um, had had a double mastectomy and she was defining her womanhood based on the number of breasts she had. And now she doesn't do that. Um, same thing with a woman who whose story just went live, who was feeling like a failure because she had um, four pregnancies that she did not hold to term. And she felt like she was ashamed. She couldn't talk about it. She felt like she was a failure. And once she started making peace with that number, all the women would use words like, I feel freedom. I feel like I can show up as I truly, as I truly am. I feel like I can be myself. I feel like I'm lifting the shame. I mean, freedom is such a thing that we, once you get a taste of it, you're like, oh, I want this. That's what I want, freedom. So that's the biggest change right there. Well, it's interesting that the way you put that, it, it's it's them being authentic. And it's it's a cliche, of course, to say you feel comfortable in your skin. But I think it's also a very good way to explain when you know that you're being true to yourself, when mm-hmm. you are being authentic, when you are comfortable in your skin. And I think that is one of the luxuries of getting older and being young after being young and foolish. <laughs> because you, you really can feel that some things are a priority and some things are no longer a priority. Did you find them shifting the priorities in their lives as well? Absolutely. And when you talk about age too, one of the things that you have to be mindful of is that the older you are, the longer you've actually been telling yourself a story. And True. so the more that your your yourself kind of falsely believes something. So be so compassionate with yourself if you're listening and you, you know, are just starting to unravel a story and get to the truth that you've been telling yourself the story for a long time. So be so gentle. It might take a little bit longer to unravel it and, and, and really believe the truth. Well said. And Ooh, yeah. we're coming up on our final break. We, this is moving very, very quickly. And more than your numbers. I love the way that you have explained that because it is so much more and we judge ourselves harshly. We are prone to do that. So we <laughs> going on a quick break. We'll be back and we're going to talk about Uncover Your Hooray program with Kame right after this break. Don't go away. There's more to come. We're Wise Health for Women Radio, and we'll return after these short messages. years ago, some fishermen off the coast of Italy discovered some pottery along with fish in their nets. Divers were called out and discovered an ancient Roman ship whose galley, or caboose, a nautical term for kitchen, was extremely intact. Some of the food uncovered on board was pickled fish, wine, oil, and grain used to make the ship's biscuits, otherwise known as dandy funks. It is thought that 2,000-year-old boat was probably on its way to Spain when it sunk and was covered by layers of mud, baggy wrinkles and all. Baggy wrinkles are another name for the ship's ropes. The mud protected the ship from wear, explaining why the leftover food on board was still in such good condition. 
We land lovers may not be familiar with leftovers on the sea, but we are familiar with leftovers in our kitchen. It's words you never heard. I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words you never heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words. It's words you never heard. October is National Safety Month. Here are some warning labels attached to products to help keep us safe. On a wheelbarrow, not intended for highway use. What kind of a stumble bum takes their wheelbarrow out into traffic? A box of hair coloring came with the instructions, do not use as an ice cream topping. The label on a pair of bicycle shin guards read, shin pads cannot protect any part of the body they do not cover. Instead of National Safety Month, maybe we should call it Snollygoster Month. Snollygoster is another word for a lawyer. A manual for a computer explained not to dangle the mouse by its cable or throw it at co-workers. On the bottom of a cola bottle was written, Do not open here. Are we really a nation of gazabs? That's another word for inept people. It's words you never heard. I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words you never heard vocabulary with my new app, Too Funny for Words. Welcome back. We are going to now talk about Uncover Your Hooray. And if you remember from the beginning of the show, Kime was saying that, you know, hooray is just really applauding yourself, being pleased with yourself, being kind and compassionate to yourself. And sometimes it's hard to start. So talk to us. What is your Uncover Your Hooray? (laughs) So Uncover Your Hooray is a really deeper way for me to work with people. I've had people in the past, after a bra fitting, actually ask, can you just coach me? And I was like, no, that's not what I do. And, you know, I'm a bra fitter. And I just really was kind of limiting myself in the way that I could show up and serve people. Mm -hmm. And I have a fantastic coach that I've been working with for probably almost three years. And I really believe in the power of coaching. Mm -hmm. And so I said, all right, let me let me see what this would look like. And, And I'll be really frank. I actually had a lot of outside encouragement that did help me go inward and, um, and explore this for myself because the feedback that I was getting from people that I would have fittings with, you know, that constantly was, you're not just doing a bra fitting. You're totally changing my life. I mean, I've, I've definitely had people go through this experience of a bra fitting with me where like they're crying or they're even like people who are having panic attacks because they're so afraid of this process and I'm just holding their hand, making sure they feel okay. And by the end they're jumping for joy and you know, their, their, their whole life has changed. So I had to, you know, speaking of getting truthful, I had to really be honest with myself that what I was doing was not just a bra fitting. Good so, for you. That can't have been an easy metamorphosis. It was not. I think because as much as I hold myself in high esteem and have self-confidence, I still have doubts. And my doubts told me, you don't know what you're doing. Um, no one's going to want to, you know, work with you in this way. And I had to really get out of my own way in order to show up for people. So um, actually, I, I love analogies. So I kind of looked at it this way. I was really going upstream and mm-hmm. trying to strive towards something, telling myself, this is what I have to do. This is what I'm supposed to do. And really, I kept hearing, in this case, it was it was God, but saying, just pick up your feet, just go with the flow in the river. And I was like, no, no, no. But the thing I want is right there. And like, again, like, no, 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 just pick up your feet. And I promise there's something so much easier, but also so much better for everybody right down here. So that was just a practice in doing that. So I did that. I picked my feet up and what came out of it was this sort of natural progression of what I've been doing. 
um, that is a very deep dive one-on-one with me. And we really look at where you are, look at where you want to be, look at what can get you to, to there. And really, usually a lot of times, like I said, it's going through the mud, right? Right. And sometimes one of the best tools to get someone from A to B happens to be a bra fitting, especially the clients who are working on that relationship with their body, especially the clients who feel like they can't show up in the world in a, in a certain way, or they're telling themselves stories about their bust or the, their, themselves as a woman based on their bust, right? What a beautiful tool I have at my fingertips to go help them. So usually it looks like, and this is just, again, I'm being completely transparent here that this is the first time I'm kind of formalizing this work with people and I already have clients signed up. So that feels really great. Um, but it's, it usually is. About, it's, it's usually for now about eight to 10 weeks um, to start. And we, we meet, you know, every, every other week, either in person or virtually. And then we have one really deep day where we do something like either guided meditations together, or I take you bra shopping, if that will serve you. Or um, we, we take a look at how you're talking to yourself and practice compassionate self-forgiveness. It's really my favorite way to work with people right now, because it's just, it's just like we're getting there so much faster. You know, you get right mm-hmm. down to the inside of who you are and, pre- and like literally figure out ways to support you on the inside, the outside and underneath, and then how to put those things into practice into your life now. Not once I lose 30 pounds, not once I meet the guy, not once I have the job right now. No. And it, and if you wait until the time is right, it will never come. That goes from the Bible all the way up to today. Yeah. And it's, it's really very, very true. How do you help people work past their labels? Because we label them, they label themselves. Um, I'll give you an example so that you have something concrete to work with. Curvy. Okay, yeah. So curvy is a tricky one mm-hmm. because... Um, now people may not know this, but I actually also own a marketing company and I specifically work with lingerie and swimwear companies. Mm-hmm. And, um, I did a lot of social media marketing, um, in like, you know, 2010 ish on. So, um, one of the things that I've really seen shift in the way that brands are marketing to women is using words like curvy. Mm-hmm. And for a time it was very, um, on trend to be curvy, Mm -hmm. which unfortunately meant there was another body type that was not on trend. So anytime, (laughs) anytime we're telling people a certain thing is the thing you should want to be and other people are not that thing, it does not serve us. Mm -hmm. So I think curvy bodies are beautiful. I think thin bodies are beautiful. I think fat bodies are beautiful. I don't care what word you use. Mm -hmm. So and I think again, like the the images that people were seeing of curvy women also happened to be still very traditionally beautiful women. Mm-hmm. And um, it wasn't really as outside of the box as I think everyone was hoping it would be. So anyway, so if you're labeling yourself as curvy, it might be under the label of this is what's on trend right now and I'm rocking it and I'm fierce. Or it might, the story you might be telling you based on that label is I'm not um, thin and I'm not um, healthy and I'm not lovable. I mean, those are two two possible stories for the same word. Well, just think about jeans. You go to a shop for jeans. It's curvy, boyfriend jean, um, straight, uh, you know, have a million kinds of narrow legs, wide legs. I'm not talking the legs as much as I am talking about the, the style. Yeah, and the head. Yeah, yeah. And, and that, it, it really does, that again, 
falls under more than your numbers, actually, but it's Absolutely. a label instead of numbers. But but it's the same thing in terms of getting deeper and understanding that those are those are those are what is being assigned by Madison Avenue, not yeah. really by yourself unless you're buying into it. Yeah, labels are stories, right? Mm-hmm. And stories are not always true. And sometimes even the positive stories too. So one thing actually that this brings me to is that I, in my journey of really learning to love my body, also realized that I could not get attached to the body that I had now. Mm-hmm. Because it's temporary. Yes, yeah. Yes, I love this body now. And what would happen if I weighed 20 more pounds mm-hmm. or I had way more stretch marks or I lost a limb, God forbid, right? Mm-hmm. Would I still love that body? So it's really about loving yourself unconditionally, um, regardless of the outer form, mm-hmm. today or tomorrow. The first step is usually to actually make peace with the current form you have. Mm-hmm. But then you can you can graduate beyond that and say, okay, well, what would happen if this particular form of my body was not here tomorrow? The same can be true for things in your life, um, you know, about loving people or loving your job or whatever, right? It's mm-hmm. awesome to love it and to realize that, like, you are worthy and a amazing person regardless of that. So, um, so yeah, I think, I think labels. labels I think they're, they can be very, they can be harmful. They can be helpful. You know, like everything, it has two sides. And it's just, if we aren't, I love the part about don't get too attached to this body because in the end, you will grow older. You will change. Yeah. And they're, they're really, that is just a fact. Yeah. And, awesome. Right. So, you know, I think being present and, and happy with yourself the way you are right now yeah. really is a gift you give to yourself. Would you agree with that? Yeah, of course. Also, I will say about the labels, you can wear more than one label at once. And I know mm-hmm. this is true because I can wear nine different bra sizes and they all fit on the same day but that label is different. So there's not one, just like, you know, one bra size doesn't define you. One, you know, tag on a jeans doesn't define you. Uh Also, you know, don't be careful labeling yourself as um, something like, you know, I used this word before and it sounds harsh, but people do this, right? As slutty or as a good girl or as a whatever, because one of the best things about being a person, but especially a woman, is how many facets we have to us. We're True. not just one-sided. And I actually, so I have a, a diamond ring that my husband gave me when we were engaged. And um, it has 52 facets on it, right? So 52 mm-hmm. different faces. And my side diamonds also have 52 different facets, which usually I was informed. I didn't know this. I didn't wear a lot of diamonds. Usually side diamonds only have eight facets. And they told me that because mine also have 52 facets, that it makes it extra sparkly, extra shiny. So if you think about that for yourself, it's like the more facets that you show, that you allow to shine brilliantly, the more shining and vibrant you are. I think it's fun. I think it's fun to also be all of those facets. And we hide some of them and some of them are private and some are more public, but it's kind of fun 
to to go outside of what the world thinks you are. Yeah. And and that's that's kind of an enjoyable thing. I want to make sure everyone's got time to know where to go mm-hmm. to find out more about um, your website, which has enormously helpful information. And that's very, very helpful and very, very candid. I love that. And well, thank so you. Where, tell them again. I've told them twice, but I want you to tell them. <laughs> <laughs> sure. And I have so many resources on there for everybody, um, right. free resources about how to find your bra size starting points, um, lots of articles about exactly what we're talking about today. So if you're curious at all, you can go to hoorayKimay.com. That's H-U-R-R-A-Y. K-I-M-M-A-Y.com. And if you're especially looking to um, get to know the More Than My Numbers project and see some of those stories, that is morethanmynumbers.com. And I'm Hooray Kimei on all of social media too. So send me a, uh, a tweet or Instagram and I'd, I'd love to connect with you. Now I'm going to ask you the hardest question. Can you sum up what you feel would be so helpful to most women in terms of improving their own self-image? Sure. Um, I would say update the conversation that you're having with yourself because as much as we want to talk about body image being about the body, it's not. It really starts from within. So practicing loving things to yourself, practice forgiving yourself for judgments you're having about yourself. Mm-hmm. Look in that mirror and see beyond the flesh that you see in front of you and see the person and the soul that you really are. The more you can put that into practice, the easier it will become to love and accept the outside of you as well. That's where I would start. Beautifully said. Thank Beautifully you. said, because with the value in our society about you know just the outside appearance, when the inside, the generosity of spirit, the warmth, the 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 huggability, <laughs> it really does make a difference in life. Yeah. Kime, thank you for sharing this My with us. My pleasure. It's always a pleasure to talk with you, and I think the information you provide puts a smile on people's face. And but but better than that, you give people hope. You walk them through the muddy parts, and you Aww. wash it off, and you 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 feel. You feel like you learned something and gained something. So thank you for being on with us today. Thank you so much, Linda. Always a pleasure. Come back. See us next week. We'll have more interesting guests for you. And thank you for listening today. Thank you for tuning in today. You can find more shows at wisehealthforwomenradio.com.